Hi, Sandy Mackey here. And now Curtis here. With more conversations with Ask the Pool Guy. Ask the Pool People. Ask, the, ask the, pool the Pool People. Girl. I should totally yeah. rebrand it. Ask the Pool People. Ask the Pool People. Mm -hmm. Should we change the website too? We have askthepoolguy.com. Should it be askthepoolpeople.com? Sure. Askthepoolteam.com? Yeah, I don't know. It's a little it's a little harder it's to It's a little bit uh, less catchy. It. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So what is going on? Well, where where do we start kind of? What's the what's the what's a great starting point? Because lot, it has been a little bit of time. Yeah, there yeah. are a lot of really cool things going on. I will tell you Legendary Real Estate, which is a real estate company that I founded back at the tail end of 2015, is going very well. And we are about to talk more about buying and selling homes with swimming pools because that's obviously a niche that we've got here. That is very exciting to me, being able to blend the best of both worlds a little bit more moving forward. So. That is something that I'm looking forward to more mainstream conversation. So I suppose that's a good place to jump in. Al was recently interviewed with a mainstream publication that'll be coming out. It'll hit newsstands in July. Different than Aqua Magazine, which we have a regular column in, and some of the pool-specific magazines, there are magazines that exist in the United States and around the world for the pool industry. And then there are also magazines that exist, as you and I both know, for, for the general public. And one of the general public magazines contacted us and asked specifically if they could get some thoughts from Al to include in their July episode. So how does that feel, knowing that we embarked on this media journey, social media journey, so many years ago. Had you ever imagined that you would find yourself interviewing for a magazine that you see on the newsstand at the grocery store when you check out? Yeah, it. Uh, I was trying to explain last night. I w was at pool appointment and these people have spent a lot of time following us online and they really understand what we're about and they're super excited that, you know, there's no question that we're the people. There's just no option that, that it could be someone else to build for for them and I was explaining sort of our journey because I think our journey is important I think the whole trying to get out of the pool business and then our social media crazy whatever we want to call that period of time of whirlwind tour of stuff to then the revamp and, and reorganizing the pool business and in such a way that through the tool of social media we we could do what we do today and I was trying to explain that and that was one of the things that I brought up is I never looked for that. I never wanted that. I never expected it. I kind of wanted to do my thing. I wanted to just find the way of doing the thing that I love to do so much. And I never really realized the other things that came along with that. That dream of being and doing what I love to do and feel so strongly and passionately about. And understanding that it's what I do is what's left in the world when I'm gone. I had that thought this morning that what I'm doing and that I love to do so much that's my that's my part. That's what I do for for the future. Is it, that's just something? And I fade off into history and whatever. But but it was important to me. And I got to thinking about like that magazine. Going, I never would have imagined. I never would have thought. I never would have dreamed that we could be that significant. That it would matter. I suppose if a person takes the journey and wants that and that's what they're looking for and they work so hard and they position themselves to get it and they you know because I suppose you could do it that way 
you could position yourself to get those interviews and you could position yourself intentionally and that wasn't our intent at all but that was the it became the net result of doing what we did and it's a little bit surreal I don't know where it goes I don't know what it means I don't know if it means anything however it's pretty interesting well, I think since the reinvention of the company, you and I have both had a calling to be more than just people in an industry. Mm -hmm. We've always been more. We've been doing the thing that we do to make a living in the pool industry, yet we've always been seekers and learners and Makers. continue to immerse ourselves mm -hmm. in all kinds of ways. Mm -hmm. And I think that we discovered through this process part of the I don't want to call it a responsibility but part of a gift that comes with specializing so clearly in what we do part of what comes along with that is the recognition that it's a big part of our life in many ways so it's not just that we wake up in the morning and we go and work but it's that we wake up in the morning and we immerse ourselves so fully into this thing that we do that makes us qualified to talk about it mm -hmm. and to share in a lot of different ways because it's just something that we need to do. We need, you and I, I think both, you know, if we learn something and we become really good at it, neither of us is going to then go hide. And keep we're it. going to share, yeah. we're going to try to use it to teach, we'll try to inspire others. And it's the culmination of all those pieces that are coming together and they're kind of moving this, you know, if you think of a snowball starting at the top of a mountain, eventually rolling, we're kind of like mid-roll, like it's starting to kind of you know, gather momentum as it moves, and mm -hmm. I, it's a part of just everything that we do, and I'm, I'm not coming up with the right words to explain it, well, I'm trying. That analogy is great, and yet, five years ago, we would have said, we're at the top of this mountain. Oh, we were still pushing it up. Okay, or, or four years, or wherever <laughs> yeah. it was where we could have looked at it and said, look, this it's snowballing, that, that snowball's starting to grow, and yet we still kind of feel fresh, like we're still getting the snowball rolling, and yet... In some eyes, from a distant view, it looks like the snowball is pretty big and growing. Yeah. And yet, to us, it's still that that newness experience mm -hmm. of getting the ball rolling and getting these things to happen. These crazy, cool things happening to us continually. But you are using the words, the seekers. I, I was thinking of words for for us as well. Would be seekers and makers and originals. Yeah. You know, it's all about finding that original source, that original voice, and doing something with it. Because a lot of people learn talents and they keep them, they hide them, they they, they put them under a, a, you know, under a cloak so no one can see them, and I think that's something that you and I bring the best out of of each other is pushing ourselves to share those original ideas, those cool ideas, those things we've learned, those techniques, those styles, those whatever, and that probably has what allowed me, I know, to keep seeking. And I've tried to explain that to uh, a few newer customers recently, how important it is that we've, we very much as a culture of the company have lived in this place of let's give it all the way. Because if we have no secrets, if we hold nothing back, if we have no proprietary blends of how we do things, then it makes us, just by virtue of who we are, 
go out and seek more and be more because we've given it all away. Well, the, the way that we stay ahead of it, if we just give it away and sit, then everyone catch up, catches up and does what we do, but it allows us to then grow to the next place and to push the mind so far beyond the norm of what we know. It doesn't mean that we're so far behind uh, beyond people because we're not, but we're so far beyond what we knew yesterday. So there's all kinds of people in the world that have greater, grander, more, and all of that. But I know for me, today, I've seeked or sought, or whatever the word would be in this particular case, to be greater and more than I was yesterday. doesn't make me greater than everyone else at all. It means that I'm greater than I was yesterday. And by giving everything away it allows me to be greater tomorrow because I'm going to work harder tomorrow to try to figure out a new thing, a new design, a new way, a new plan. And we've had that discussion a lot lately from a design perspective, how when I keep my mind engaged in that, it's just yummy. It's a really cool place to be. And I think a lot of that is because I want to keep giving those ideas away, knowing that most people won't act on them, but some will, which is cool. But I like to grow. So let's let's shift back to what you started with, if you don't mind, unless you have something to say on that. Yeah, okay, so you, you started out with this legendary real estate and you were talking about specializing in homes with pools and, and that just absolutely fascinates me. From a market perspective, how many real estate companies specialize and can bring that much to the table specific to one part of the house? Sure, there's builders that have real estate licenses and, and, and all of that, but in this particular case, a pool is that unknown is that huge question that someone looking to buy a home or sell a home with a pool and, and really understanding how to share that with the potential client or the client trying to understand what the buyer is selling. And we're positioned right there as the means to be able to that be that complete bridge because we don't have to go out and get estimates on what it'll be. We don't have to worry about, we can explain as much as possible because we have the expertise right there. And I think that's a really powerful business position, you know, real estate company position to be in. And we know that there's, you know, unbelievable amounts of swimming pools out there and homes being sold with pools. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think something worth mentioning at this point too is back to what you were saying in your conversation and then legendary real estate is tied into it. When we revamped the pool company a number of years ago, we couldn't have predicted what it would become and we also didn't know that what we thought would work because what the initial thought was is create a company saying yes to things that we love doing things that we love having fun with it every day and that's I mean loosely happy pools happy customers happy pool guy and then the legendary mantra building the right projects at the right pace for the right customers and enjoying the work and we had a team leader meeting for the pool company just the other day and one of the things that we talked about at the team meeting was what parts of what we're doing does each person love because we continue to check in we continue to check in with you what types of projects would you love we continue to check in with the team and they're very different in the tasks and the day-to-day -day things that they like and then even me from the marketing perspective I don't know that we would be experiencing what we are now if we didn't check in on that all the time. Because if we, we have the ability to make the phones ring, if we just said yes to a lot of things, 
your enjoyment would go down, my enjoyment would go down, the team's enjoyment would go down. If I didn't get to spend time marketing and creating stories and taking pictures and doing videos, my enjoyment of what I was doing day to day, like if I was out cleaning pools, which occasionally I do, but if I did that every day, that wouldn't make me happy on the inside. I can do it from time to time, no problem, and in those moments it makes me happy, but the majority of my time I get to spend doing things that are really exciting to me. You get to spend the majority of your time doing things that are exciting to you. We checked in with Mark, our service team leader, and I had asked what types of work would he like more of this year because when the phone rings we get to choose that. He said he loves a full schedule that he can check off by the end of the day that he can accomplish by himself without having to rely on other people, other people yep. which is great in what he's suited for, going out alone to diagnose pumps, heaters, filters, what's wrong with a pool, how to fix it, you know. So understanding that about him, and I guess I didn't realize up until I had asked him that question, that that's what he really likes because I would have thought he liked other parts and I don't like doing things on the job. I don't like walking into a yard by myself, but he loves that. Mm -hmm. So it takes that continual reminder and that continual check-in, I believe, to make this whole, I don't want to call it magic because that's kind of silly, but to make this whole thing... Magical. It's a it, magical time. It's not magical, magic. but it's more than that. It's <laughs> such a it's synergy a and yeah. it's such, you know, it's it's like getting all the parts on the, the machine working and it's such a synergy that keeps it going and yet steering it, we continually check in to make sure that it's going well. Mm -hmm. So I think that's part of the magic, I guess. I can't come up with another word that really keeps it going. What I found really interesting when Mark said that about his schedule and what he really enjoyed was having a full schedule is I he said it and it was kind of an unusual because again we would have thought it would have been well I happen to like and then he lists the parts that doing he likes. Lighters right, or, or, do, or, or doing heater replacements or, or pump diagnosis yeah. or something but instead he said that having a full schedule and I've, I've thought about that in the last few days afterwards thinking to him it's important to be to be pushed because when he has a full schedule it means that he has to stay on task and work harder smarter quicker faster more because that's the satisfaction part so it's in the it's in the space between beginning and end that that he's really living and that's what he loves and by having a full schedule he can do that if there was two items on his list for the day he probably wouldn't feel accomplished so he would go slower in what he does and all of that and I've sort of diagnosed that several times it's uh, to me it's okay it means it's job security the obvious one would be oh great I got a long day today I have lots of hours means more money and and I still think that that's still secondary to that that accomplishment part because he could take those two items and stretch it over that same length of day and still get paid the amount of money but that's not what he was looking for he was looking for a full schedule hard day, work hard, stretch, because it helps him stretch his mind, stretches his abilities, and he, he, it makes him stay on task. It's, it's kind of an interesting place. Well, this is a good point as well. I know a lot of people in the industry listen to our podcast. That's a great point to isolate this moment out and say checking in with the team to find out what motivates them is key because just like that, we could think that for Mark to have a satisfying day, he needs a leisurely schedule where he has plenty of time to get things done and he gets a nice paycheck at the end of the day, but that's not what he likes. So being able to tune into the things that aren't monetary and they're not um, 
ordinary or common, mm -hmm. you know, we really, we really know what makes him tick mm -hmm. when asking well, that question. And, and that's really amazing because, again, most people would think, well, my idea would be like nothing to do hardly today, so it can be a leisurely day of nothing yeah. and get paid to do it. But instead, his was bring it all on. Bring I just want it all. It and and yeah. here's a guy that fully deserved the award that he got, the, the Pleatco Award this past year, because yeah. that's exactly how he lives. It's 80 hours a week without a blink. It's not, oh, poor me. Instead, it's how many more hours can I work either earlier in the day or later at night. And he reminds me, it, from that perspective, he reminds me a lot of me. I don't know that I would have ever even thought of, well, I like checking off the list of the things to have to do. It's a little different world then, but I had no problem with the long hours. I had no problem with crack of dawn to way after dark every single day, seven days a week. And... To me, there was just that sense of, there was something in that, so I can kind of understand it, but him framing it the way he did was, was really unique and really interesting to me to think about from his perspective, how he loves that. Mm -hmm. he does, he, he's not saying, oh, give me a few hours. He's saying, give me more. I want you know, more. another conversation that you and I had recently was when you don't have a project to be designing in your head, it's kind of like you don't know what to do with yourself either. And that no was a little... I guess it wasn't surprising, but I had never thought about it before because I I also enjoy being encouraged by something that I want to create or a new campaign that we're going to do or kind of something that builds up in my mind as something to accomplish. And I don't know in your mind that it's the accomplishing of as much as it's the process that you get to live mm -hmm. in. So that's another really interesting thing about what motivates you mm -hmm. is it's the design in your head that really motivates you. It's the headspace. It's me being able to know that what I'm thinking about I'm going to bring into reality. Because I could easily just sit all day long and think about designing something for the fun of designing it. And that doesn't do it for me at all. There has to, really for me, there has to be the sense of working through the process and knowing that I'm going to bring it to reality. And I can think recently of, of, a, of a, a case where we designed something into a pool that I fell in love with the idea because I fell in love with the challenge of the idea of how could I do that and then that was ripped out of the and, and it almost to me felt like it was torn right out of the design because I had so much mental energy in figuring it out and just so much wanting to do it purely for the accomplishment of having done it not because not for any other reason not for a paycheck not for anything but purely because I had worked so hard mentally and hours and hours and not days and nights and thinking about how to do this particular thing and researching it and trying to figure it out and then to not do it was really disappointing and it kind of was ugh. Which just reinforces and reminds me that when I'm not engaged in designing something that I'm going to build, it's just not the same. I don't think you've ever been closer to Howard Rourke than you are right now with his line from the book The Fountainhead, I don't have clients. Or I don't build to Those have clients. Parts. I have clients in order to build. Because without the clients to build for, like you said, you can imagine all the time, and it's just mm -hmm. not the mm -hmm. same. And, and at that point, designing is useless for me. I have a couple kind of cool design ideas if I really wanted to climb down the rabbit hole to figure them out. But if there's not a client to do it for, to me it's wasted time. A mental waste of time, not physical time. We all have time to do whatever we want to do, but it almost hurts to do it unless there's some sense of, I'm working through this design I need to implement. 
and I need, you know, so once that client comes and I know it's a go, then I'm going to design. But pre-designing it all out just somehow feels, it just, it's, there's not a fulfilling part of it. And now I stop doing what I love. So my love is the fulfilling part of creating and designing and then building, but designing for the sake of designing is, is like painting for me. You know, that idea, well, why don't you do more murals? Because it drives me nuts. It really does. Are you good at it? Yeah, I'm okay at it, but it drives me nuts to do. Designing is the same thing. To just sit down and draw pools for the sake of drawing pools is, I'd want to do anything else but that. However, designing for someone, a particular yard and a particular customer and a particular, I'm all in. And I'm going to draw and I'm going to play and I'm going to have fun and I'm going to build a clay model and I'm going to do all that stuff. I'm in. Even if they don't buy and whatever, but at least it's for someone. But to do it just to plan a design, it's so disappointing to me that it becomes one of those things, you know, the, the love, like, don't like, you know, really dislike. It gets down to, toward that really dislike part where I'm not going to design and draw a pool just for the sake of drawing a pool. And again, it's just part of me. And I imagine there's some designers out there that design just to design and so they'd spend all day just drawing stuff. Mm -mm. Mine, mine has to have a sense of it's going to be brought to fruition and I'm going to have that client to do it for. And they're going to enjoy that process as I'm going to enjoy the process. Mm -hmm. One other thing that I was hoping we would touch on a little bit today is heading into spring in the pool industry. I know there's a lot of people in the industry that probably know the feeling. And I know other parts of the country aren't quite as start and stop as we are in this last year because we still had indoor work to do, we never really fully stopped. But it becomes a feeling, I think in March into April, especially in the part of the country, the Northeast, where we are, that it's kind of like you're at the starting gate of a race and you're kind of just waiting for the doors to open to be able to get back out to work. And part of our process we've got the construction side of the company and then we've got the service side of the company. We have a clear plan for what happens with the service side. And on the construction side or the renovation side, because we do get so many phone calls and we have to be so selective about choosing the work that's going to be the most fulfilling for us as well as the work that we can do kind of the best. We don't just say yes to things for the sake of it. Sometimes there's that kind of apprehension that we know the race is about to start and we're kind of in this kind of at the you know at the gate behind the gate or at the starting block of a race or something like that and it's a really interesting feeling to be in and I, I suppose athletes get that in a sense as well they've been training and they've been planning and then you're kind of in this this moment where time stands still and I feel like we've kind of been in that moment where time stands still in the construction business for a little bit because we know we're so prepared and then it's just you know when is that, that when's the, the whistle gonna blow go when's the mm -hmm. gun going to go off and when is it going to kind of launch uh, it, you mentioned athletics and it reminds me of being in the starting gate the block the starting block gate with thousands of people i've ran several half marathons I've never run a sanctioned marathon. I've run a marathon, but it wasn't a sanctioned marathon. But I've run a whole bunch of over in past years of half marathons, and you're you're all blocked out based on your skill level and everything else. And then it's this waiting game, 
and everyone's stretching and twitching and trying because you want to warm up and because as soon as that thing fires, you gotta go. But you stand there for a half an hour to an hour getting prepared. And you're there and you can't do anything but get ready for that first step. And that's very much this experience is that same thing as every spring. It's like you're right there standing and stretching and trying to keep yourself warm and getting chilly because it's a cold morning and, and that's exactly that same feeling. And then wham, then it's off to the races and it's exactly like a race. All of a sudden you're gasping for air right away because you take off and then you gotta slow down a little bit to get your breath because everyone when they get started wanted to go fast. And we do that same thing out of the starting gate, and then all of a sudden we're kind of gasping a little bit, like, oh, we gotta pace ourselves. We got a long race to run. We got a long season to go. And yet, at the beginning, you wanna go hard and fast because it feels like you're supposed to. And I imagine uh, that that's the exact same thing that most companies feel in the seasonal business. And, and although I think most of the country experiences to some extent construction in that and that it'll slow down for a period of season for a period of time and then speed up again but it's not quite like what we have here you said northeast i'd say north you know midwest uh and which the, the northeast would be the same is that it stops and you start over several months later and it, there's a clear stop point and a clear start point for most of the construction companies and service companies for that matter and it it's, yeah, it's why a bad is sometimes. considered Midwest? We're pretty north. Well, we're north, but we're part of the Midwest, mid north, part of the country. North, Midwest. Well, yeah, we're we're sort of the northern end of the Midwest, yeah. but that that this whole block, this whole Great Lakes region, is sort of that Midwest. You know, and I imagine it would have something to do with as the settlers moved west. This was sort of that that middle point that they could decide to stop and settle or take the long stretch to go to the far coast, and mm -hmm. so that's probably why the Midwest it became called the Midwest. So. so something worth mentioning now as well as we head into the season is the desire to find some cool people to work with outside of Michigan. I think heading into next winter would be a great time to practice working out of state and then in the future who knows as the projects get a little bit more elaborate because we know that every project does I think we'll have to look at where to uh, tune our energy into as far as projects coming up. Where to next and what to do? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, as it becomes spring here and then it gets cold like this morning and you wake up and you go, I'm moving out of here, I would agree that it would be interesting to look elsewhere and see and, you know, we've turned a lot of work over the years away from, you know, and all, all around the country. I don't know where that place would be and, and I think it'll just sort of select itself when the time is right. And next thing you know, we'll be working somewhere doing something. And we always seem to have plenty of work here, but it would be interesting to winter elsewhere. And you know, we'll see. Yeah. Kind of interesting. For sure. I think the Pirate Cove idea, somewhere semi-tropical, mm -hmm. could come up. You know, from that from that standpoint, I had met with, you, know, you just, when you said Pirate Cove, it got me to think back to design a little bit. I met with a different client the other day, uh, a few days ago, and he had said that he had talked to several pool companies in, the, in this process of them deciding to build a pool, and he was really disappointed because nobody got it. No one understood. And so I said, oh, well, all right, so explain to me what happened in all these pool companies. I don't care who it is. It didn't really matter who it was. And there were different reasons why it wasn't going to work. 
then the I guess the last guy before he got serious about maybe I need to find someone that can specifically catch a vision of the types of things I want to do. This this poor company had said, oh yeah, wow, this sounds like fun. Yeah, we could do this. We could do this. And then they sort of dropped the ball and decided they couldn't do anything. And I, I got, that had gotten me to thinking about knowing our design capability and our company ability to design and build. That whatever we put down on paper, we get to figure out. Not subbed out, someone else can figure this and someone else and we got to coordinate to try. But rather, whatever we put down on paper, we know that we have the experience, the knowledge, the desire to figure that out and deliver. So I had, you know, after having talked to them about just these challenges that they'd found, and, and I know most of the pool companies in our area, they're not really looking for innovation. They just want work. They're more interested in just making money than they are in really innovating. And I, I didn't have to say it to him, but I felt like saying it just because that whatever I come back with as a design, and he had already explained he wanted over the top and he wanted all of that, but I knew that whatever design I came up with, we could deliver on. And that was kind of a really interesting place and a really strong and felt like a really good place to be because I do realize that we can deliver anything that we decide to deliver. So I thought that was kind of a kind of a cool thing knowing that so many companies get the ideas and they might have fresh ideas but they don't know how to translate it into work. And that's a place that we find that we're able to. So I just wanted to mention that it had nothing to do with what we were talking about but it, when you said Pirate Cove, it got me to thinking about that ability to create an idea and then fulfill it is something that has become our strong suit for sure. Well, we do that both in building and in marketing mm -hmm. and in service. It feels like that's what we do when we make the decisions about the direction that we'd like the company to go. We very much have practiced using, I don't know that I want to call it imagination, but our forward thinking and projection of where we'd like to be and what we'd like to do, we very much have the ability to do that to create our futures. And so you and I, as you know, because you're there, we run a marketing club every Tuesday night. And a question that you had asked me this last week is, we see a lot of people that are struggling with themselves and their business and kind of not knowing which foot to lead with, you know, how to get started. And you would ask, what advice would I have for somebody who's struggling? And I think I just figured it out. That ability that we have to see far enough into the future to plan the direction to go and to bring it into fruition, whatever we imagine we can get to. And sometimes we imagine something and we start down that path and we might make a decision that that's not the way that we want to go. But we at least have the ability to think about it plan something, a direction that we'd like to go, and start moving. And if there was a bit of advice that I would have for people, for companies, entrepreneurs, small businesses, who are struggling figuring out where to go, it would be get clear on that. Get clear on the direction. Get clear on, you know, you start from nothing and you make a pool design and then you build that pool. Inventing the path for your life or your business is the same. You have to start with a blank piece of paper, you have to come up with something, and then you have to execute against that plan. And I think people struggle 
when they try to go on a blank piece of paper. So that blank piece of paper holds your story. So you have to write this story and then live the story. Yeah. And that, that comes right down to... And if you right don't have to... the ability to do that, I don't think you can move very far. Well, and I think that's that whole idea of getting a crystal clear vision of what you want. But I think it's more important you, the person, than the company. And I think that's what we see in a lot of times helping people with their marketing is they're not clear about who and what they are. And in this world where small business is really wrapped right around the individual, yeah. it's not all about mega companies, it's all these individual people, the struggle is internal. Yeah. The struggle is, is more about who we are and the net result of once we can figure out who we are, we can do whatever activity that we call our business is. Yeah. So that crystal clear vision is what do we really want for our own lives and then we can translate it to our team of people that are working with us and surrounding us in our company is here's what we want. It's, it's writing that story and then telling the story to the audience and the audience acting, acting on it because it requires execution. It's also, I think back to checking in with people to find out what motivates them. I think it's checking in with yourself to find out what motivates you and then doing more of those parts. And I think people listening to this would probably have a really strong hesitation or a really strong aversion to thinking something like this could work. And what I mean by that is deciding what it is that you like, figuring out how you're going to move toward that, and then actually doing stuff that you like every day to get you where you want to go instead of having to do all kinds of stuff that you don't like. And I can hear a lot of naysayers saying, oh, that would never work. Oh, you got to pay your dues oh, you have to do all this crap you don't like so you can get to the stuff that you do like. And I think it's being able to, to turn that off and just know that, yes, you can. You're not going to love every bit of it, every single moment, but if you find yourself doing something that you don't like, you can turn that off and you can Change. adjust it into something else. I think if people could do those two things, come up with their story on paper and then go toward it and know that they get to put anything in their story that they want to and they can leave out all the parts that they don't care for, I think that is the key. I think that it's this decision making and this not being clear and, and being drawn and pulled and twisted and you know for social reasons for you know all the reasons that we the excuses that we make in our head as to why we should or should not do something all those things pull us in, in many directions and the more crystal clear that we get in, in that what it is that really what it is to be us to be human to be this individual the more original we can become the easier it is to execute the easier it is to set your mind on doing something and then doing it or planning or, or writing the story because it's all just a story in our head. That's the key, the more that original mm -hmm. you can be. And and there's no reason that any of us can't be more original. Yeah. And it's choosing, it is very much a choice, to. It, it, it's all about choosing how original you want to be. Because we're born into the world as, as, as we know, we don't decide our name, we don't decide much of anything, we don't decide the t period of time we're in, we don't decide any of that. It just happens, we grow up in it from pressures and all the social stuff, and we forget to realize 
or were never really taught maybe. We knew it intrinsically when we were babies. But as we grew up, it's just beaten out of us through, through just repetition, through style, through lifestyle. We forget that we're original. We can say, oh, look, I'm myself, I'm my individual. But I don't think we feel it. I think we feel that we're belonging to a group instead of really being individual. We're, we, uh, we associate with this, this group or that group or we're this or we're that, we're this community, that community. And yet, really, we're originals. We're at the core, we're each original. And the more original we are, the more authentic we are. The more authentic we are, the easier it is to execute. Because all of that stuff falls away. And we're no longer having to appeal to someone else's uh, whatever it is that they have on us. We can just appeal to our own self and what we hold to be dear to us. I think it's a, it's a powerful place to be. And I know for me, I'm every day working toward more of that, wanting more of that, and realizing how original I can be, and how the social pressures of being this or being that don't have to have their grips on me. And some still do. I mean, we're all, you know, in any given day, because we're, you know, we're involved with people and world and children and all that stuff, we have to uh, maneuver our way through. But the more authentically original we can be, certainly the, the better it feels. And I think the result is better as well. So. With that, on anything that else? Note. On that note. Yeah, I think that's good. On well, that we note. Went, we went all over the place today. On that note, we? we'll see you next time. There's a lot time. of stuff. Yeah, we will. probably in front of sitting down and recording some podcast. Again, no excuse. Okay. Because we should know that, that that's no excuse. We're going to just we'll cut that it. out. So, 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 we're back with some more conversations with Ask the Cool Guy. What kind of drill was that? Try that again. Okay, good. <laughs>